welcome to the talk show for talkers on irishtalkers.com. Hello, Toastmasters, would-be Toastmasters listeners and friends. You're very welcome to the talk show for talkers on irishtalkers.com. Our email address is info at irishtalkers.com. You can also find us on Facebook as The Talk Show for Talkers. We welcome your comments, your questions and feedback. Indeed, we look at these as evaluations. We use them, the advice you offer and the questions you ask. You can also listen to previous shows on our website, irishtalkers.com. And we also publish the Public Speaking Weekly. And this is a roundup of links from the internet. It's all about Toastmasters. It's about public speaking. It's about confidence, leadership. So look out for the newspaper link on our website. My name is Ted Malamphy, and I'm joined again this week by the prolific personable, persuasive, sometimes passionate, Paul O'Malley. Listeners, it's absolutely wonderful to have you here listening to us today, and I hope you're going to get great value out of this episode. Thank you, Paul. And on today's show, we will have a thought for the week. We will have a word for the week. We have a very special guest, and that special guest will be introduced to you in episode two. So you better make sure you tune in tomorrow to listen to the wise words of this special guest. I'm going to bring you my quotation because it's a little bit lengthy and it's quite possible that it will offer us the opportunity to have some nice discussion, Paul and I. So an expert is someone who over many years manages to remain confident enough to keep trying and humble enough to keep learning. So an expert is someone who, over many years, manages to remain confident enough to keep trying and humble enough to keep learning. And that was given to us, Paul, by the writer of Atomic Habits, again this week, James Clare. What do you think of that? Well, I'm full of admiration for James's opinion. I think the idea that every so-called expert is humble, is uh, preposterous. I think uh, we have all heard of or run across experts who are a long way from being humble and who are arrogant and high-handed and superior. And they may actually be superior in their own field. But I would love if every person I regarded as an expert was indeed doing their best to be humble and keep on learning. That would be, wouldn't that be a lovely utopian world, Ted? It, ex- it would actually, Paul. And what you gave us was a very clear definition of what an expert is and what an expert is not. Because when you said in your opinion that some of the experts that you know, well, the experts that you know, obviously the people who are arrogant and, um, you know, high-browed, it depends on how or who gave them the title of expert. Because I think experts, to remain an expert and to, and to qualify as an expert, would mean that you would have to be humble and you would have to continue on learning. 
that every day is a day for learning. Every day is an opportunity. And if you lose that humility, then I think you lose the benefit of being spoken of as an expert. Ted, supposing you were a, a, into fly fishing and you were the acknowledged greatest champion in the world at tying flies, everybody thought you were the number one, including yourself mm. and me. But when you went out there in competitions and people came over to you and said, wow, that's a magnificent fly that you have there, Ted, how did you make that? You said to them, buzz off and practice for the next 20 years and you'll learn a quarter of what I know. Supposing that was you, would you be still the world's greatest tire of flies? That's an excellent question, Paul. And I'm going to get up of my out of my seat and show you something. And then I'll give you the story. Now, listeners, at this point in the podcast, you're unable to see what Ted is doing. So am I. But he's just going to uh, show us we're recording on Zoom and he has forgotten, just as a matter of interest, that uh, you can't see things when you're using one of these uh, backgrounds on Zoom. Ah, now we have a photograph here of Lock Mask. Now, Lock Mask has nothing to do with COVID. It has nothing to do with pandemics. It is a lake in the west of Ireland. And unfortunately, Paul, that will, or fortunately, it's a glass covered little cabinet that is holding three flies that are regarded as killer flies on Lock Mask. Well, you know, listeners, those of you who are naturally kind towards all living creatures, please don't regard Ted Melanfi as a killer. It isn't really the kind of reputation he wants, even though he's shown the killer flies that he probably won when he was Irish at close tie flying, flying tie. Anyway, uh, a person used to catching uh, salmon with dry fly. Well, what I must say, Paul, and what I must explain is that my dear dad, my dear departed dad, was a fantastic angler. And he fished on the lakes of Killarney very often. And he also fished on Loch Mask. And I have two brothers who are avid anglers. And both of them are fly tires. It's my youngest brother gave me this as a Christmas present and he has three flies inside it that he has tied up himself. The reference to killer flies is that these are the flies who are guaranteed to catch you the finest trout in Loch Mask. And the trout in Loch Masks would be up to two, two and a half pounds in weight. So fantastic, a fantastic specimen of fish. So the killer isn't actually the fly itself. It's what the fly does, that he attracts the juiciest and the, the most delicious trout that would ever like to jump on an fly and be hooked by my brother and brought into the boat and then driven from the west of Ireland to the south of Ireland, where it will be given to me where I can cook it and put it on my plate for dinner. Ted, you have just made what I would think it could be fairly described as a statement that appears to be opposed to common sense. In other words, that a killer fly is not a killer. Mm -hmm. And yet 
is probably true. Now, that's what a paradox is. A paradox is a statement that appears to be contradictory or opposed to common sense, and yet is probably true. That's one of the definitions of the word paradox. P-A-R-A-D-O-X. Listeners, we give you every week a word of the week designed to help ourselves and you to broaden your range of vocabulary so as to have more impact when you're speaking. Something that sounds self-contradictory or a self-contradictory statement that seems to be true or an argument that has logic, which comes from self-contradictory things. Let me give you an example. Here's one. For the actors on a stage, the goal was a paradox. Pure emotion produced on cue. Now, producing pure emotion on cue is a contradiction, isn't it? Because real, sorry, I meant real emotion produced on cue. An actor, if they're producing emotion on cue, it's hardly what we regard as real. And here's another one. Again and again, Ted Melanfi returns in his writing to the paradox of a woman who is superior to the men around her by virtue of social class, though considered inferior to them on account of her gender. On the one hand, she's superior because she comes from a higher, more wealthy social class, whereas at the same time, she's considered to be inferior. Obviously, this is sexist to them on account of her gender. So that's paradox, contradiction. Ted, what century? Here's your weekly quiz. In what century did the word paradox first enter the English language? Fifteenth uh, century. Ah, uh, that's the best answer you've given in months. It was, uh, only one century out. Then I would have said sixteenth. Yeah, it was actually in the in fifteen forty. Did you say, Ted? I said the fifteenth. The fifteenth century. Yeah. Right. So 1540, oh, my head has gone soft. What (laughs) century is 1540 in? That's the 16th century. I was a a century old. Yeah, well, there you are. But that's why I'm complimenting you on your astuteness and your improvement. So continuous improvement and well done, Ted. And thank you, Paul. And paradox was the word of the week. It was word of the week. Yeah, lovely word. And thank you for the lesson in rhetoric. There we are. Yeah, and and I I, I really appreciate that paradox. It's a word I'll have to remember because I'm sure we've managed to get ourselves into paradoxical situations, Paul. You and I, from time to time, as I get my ankles in a twist, (laughs) you're going to say something else, but it may not be appropriate for young ears. And that brings us to a nice conclusion for episode one. Please come back again tomorrow because we have a very special guest. The Talk Show for Talkers is published every week in sections at 4pm every Friday, Saturday, Sunday and Monday. Go to our website irishtalkers.com for more information.